articles. I was at work. Oh, it's all good. I just post them just in case. They're probably fascinating. <laughs> I didn't know that something I did was attributed to anxiety. Which part? What? I bite my bite lip like lip, crazy. Yeah. Hi, and welcome back to uh-huh. Girls Night Out. <laughs> We're here with Chriselle and Amy, Tammy and Jan, and I'm Jen. And today we're going to talk about agreements. Agreements. Agreements, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I do agree. I'm talking. Yeah, so. I see what you did there. Kind of a take off of, not really a take off of, but like an appreciation of, an application of Adam Young's podcast, Warfare Part 3 Agreements. The place we find ourselves. The place we find ourselves is in Tammy's music room. Yep. Yep, that's where we find ourselves. Hiding out. Hiding, <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's probably helpful to even just explain what an agreement is, just to start off. Um, I think Adam Young does a really good job of that. But, I think you guys should try, just for the heck of it. Explaining it? Yeah. Can I give an example as an explanation? I mean, I guess it's kind of a cop out. <laughs> <laughs> I say 100%. Yes. Well, I mean, yes. So, I mean, we all know what <clears throat> the literal word agreement means. Mm-hmm. But um, to make an agreement in the spiritual realm is to, you know, at some point, some situation in your life led you to um, believe a lie about the given situation. Um, I was um, raised with a stepfather who would say things to me like, I really hope you marry well. You don't stand a chance without a good husband. And so somewhere along along the way, I agreed. I need a man to save me. Mm. I need a man to ensure my quality of life. You can imagine the things that that led to, but um, anyway, if I have a recent example um, of something that happened that's still unfolding right now. So, a few weeks ago, my sister was in town, and she was talking to... um, One of my friends and my friend asked about our mom. Our mom has dementia and she is in a um, memory care facility. Anyway, so friend asked my sister, how's your mom? And my sister said, well, she's in this really great place. She's happy there. Um, They, you know, they take good care of her. They're sweet to her. They feed her well. She loves the food. She loves the activities. So it almost seems too good to be true. Mm -hmm. Literally, she mm. said that on a Sunday. On Tuesday, we got a call that it was too good to be true. Mm. That quickly, <clears throat> because we and we've both said it. We've both said this. This is so good mm-hmm. because it's been so hard with her for so long. Um, Tuesday, we got a call. It was all falling apart. She hadn't been approved for the right form of Medicaid to pay for it, and this had been going on seven months, and we didn't even know. They hadn't, the, the facility has not been receiving any money from the state. And anyway, it just fell apart. Fell apart. Mm-hmm. It suddenly was too good to be true. So after we had been here together last week and talking about it, I called my sister 
And I said, we have to repent of this. So we were on the phone together. We prayed and confessed and repented. And, um, and now we've turned a corner towards the positive side mm -hmm. where the people at the state office are you know, reassuring us that they're going to do everything to get the, that there was no reason that she shouldn't have gotten the right approval wow. and that they were going to make sure that she mm -hmm. did. And, um, anyway, there's just been a lot of little things that have, that have been encouraging. Whereas in with the first couple of phone calls and emails, it was devastating, like, like financially devastating to us. Anyway, so we broke the agreement that it's too good to be true because the Lord had provided it. Mm -hmm. It was not too good to be true. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. And now it's time to turn a corner. And now it has, the tide has turned and we are uh, getting the things that we need. That's awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's just a recent example of an agreement that we had made. That's a really good one. Yeah, I, I remember when you were talking about it last time, it was like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Lord brought that to your mind. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So Adam Young specifically says that an agreement is pledging yourself to the kingdom of darkness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that kind of like when I hear when I like when I hear that I'm like, well of course I would never ever pledge myself to the kingdom of darkness. But um but but <laughs> but we do all the time, and it's because the enemy deceives us into doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's almost always in the context of tragedy or abuse or trauma mm -hmm. or heartbreak. Or, or those negative things, expectations. Negative expectations. Um, so that's when things are... And, and the way he describes it, which I think is really cool... Um, is that basically our motivation for making an agreement is to avoid that pain that we experienced at that moment ever again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So something painful happens. Mm -hmm. The enemy offers us some agreement options. That, so those things come to our mind. And then we either verbally or even non-verbally with our words or with our will is what he says. We make an agreement with that statement. And at that point, it's like we've signed a treaty mm -hmm. with the kingdom of darkness. Um, which, when you think about it, that's like so heavy. But we do it all the time and we <clears throat> don't realize it. Yeah. Um, and, and another thing that he says is that at the time, it seems like... A truth that's always been there or a truth that we've always known or a rule of the universe mm -hmm. um, oh yeah yeah or f yeah yeah or even family history yeah you know like well my dad was like this and mm -hmm. like we almost agree with the, the places that our parents and their parents and have, right. have agreed with we continue it he gave some good examples I thought that I would read those out because I think it's it's helpful to kind of hear them, what, yeah. what agreements sound like in real life. Um, and he gave examples like, no one cares about me if I'm hurting. Yeah. Um, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. I'll never 
gain victory in this area, or maybe I'll never get over this addiction, or I'll ne- you know, um, a lot of agreements start with I'll never. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm too needy is another one, mm-hmm. or I'm too sensitive. Um, I'm too much for people. Um, there's something wrong with me. So those are things that are, those are just a few examples that he gives that are pretty common. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about agreements with each other and kind of taking stock of agreements that we've all made (coughs) unwittingly. And when I had first listened to that podcast, I, I felt like the Lord was like poking me and saying, Hey, we need to talk about this. (laughs) There's something, there's something there you need to deal with. And um, that same day I was in a parking lot and I saw a bumper sticker and that bumper sticker just like totally triggered me and it made me feel emotions of anger. And I'm honestly, the, the word that I kept hearing was like derision was the word. And that's a pretty strong feeling (laughs) over a bumper sticker. Um, and so I was, I was feeling all that and I, and the, and the Lord was like, yeah, see that, that's, um, that's not normal. You, you've made an agreement there. So I was like, okay, I've made an agreement, but I don't know what it is. And so I prayed about it and, um, thought some more about it. And he goes on later to say that, you know, one of the ways you can recognize an agreement is it's an area in your life where you've spent plenty of time in prayer, even in counseling, and nothing seems to get you unstuck from that place. And of course, that unstuckness, the Bible refers to as strongholds. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Lord was definitely showing me I was un, I was, I was stuck in this place. And um, so he kind of led me through some agreements that I had made that I did not realize I had made. Um, and as soon as I broke them, things just completely shifted. Um, I didn't realize at one point because of a, an experience that was hurtful, again, going back to the fact that we often make agreements during times of heartache or trauma or abuse or whatever. Well, this was just a, just a hurtful situation. Um, when someone kind of questioned my, my ability to hear from the Lord or possibly even my motivation, my, my motivation for some things, my motives. And I didn't realize that at that point I had made an agreement that I don't hear correctly from the Lord, mm-hmm. that I in fact hear from the enemy. And so because of that, I made an agreement to just step out of any kind of ministry opportunities at all and just take a step way back. Um, and that was like two years ago and I had been pretty, um, pretty low key Mm -hmm. and any kind of ministry, like not wanting to do anything. (laughs) Um, yeah, you're laughing because you know, um, and just, and, and it also came with like this intense exhaustion. And so the, the idea was, I'm just too tired to be involved in this stuff. I need a rest. I need a break. Um, but it's crazy because 
as soon as I broke the agreement, literally, as soon as I broke the agreement, within the next two weeks, the most amazing things started happening. It looked like opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be involved in things that the Lord was doing. Um, it, it was crazy. It was just because I had made an agreement that um, I wasn't able to hear from the Lord correctly, so I would take a step back. Um, and so it was, it was crazy how the shift happened so, so suddenly. Um, I think that's the cool thing about agreement. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that every agreement you ever break, the shift is going to happen suddenly. Things you have, some things you have to unpack, but, um, that was kind of where I started on the journey towards kind of delving into agreements a little bit Mm -hmm. more than I was before, but you guys have already heard this. So, but we had already started talking about it again, and we were all kind of on the same page of, huh, let me take stock of some agreements that I made. What did you guys feel like the Lord brought up for you? Did I already talk about the women thing? No. Okay, yeah. yeah. We talked about it together, like not on the recording we talked about. Right. So, I realized... (laughs) Um, coming into, like, because we already hung out together and had girls' night anyway. And then just in discussing, like, oh, maybe sometimes we'll record and, like, share with other people what we're talking about. Um, I thought to my, like, one of the thoughts that came to mind was just, like, oh, it's a group of women, so everything that comes with that quote. And the quotes that existed in my head were, like, Someone will feel left out. Someone will feel jealous. Someone's, you know, going to get their feelings hurt, whatever. Like, those thoughts weren't exactly specifically lined out in my mind. But now when I go back and kind of unpack what it meant to me to feel, like, hesitant Mm -hmm. or a little bit of, like, mild anguish about the concept. And so... When I went to the Lord about it and kind of prayed, what is that? What is this the right way to feel and think? And I realized that I had made agreements about women working together and specifically when I'm involved, maybe, you know, maybe it's fine when women work together when I'm not involved, but I don't know. I think it was also even if I wasn't involved, Mm -hmm. just in general, women coming together to work together will not go well Mm -hmm. in certain ways. And not like won't go well at all or will fail or dramatic. It's like it was just um, enough to cause a problem. Just enough of an agreement to cause a problem. But also subtle enough to not be as noticeable as it would have been had it been something more dramatic. Well, and it was was sneaky enough to sound very true. Yes. And And that's what I kept saying to myself was... Well, but but isn't that just wisdom? Mm-hmm. Isn't that just mm. your experience talking? Like, that's not that's not untrue. So there's nothing wrong with it, right? And that's the thing he talks about that it made me think of of your situation, Tammy, and and it makes me think of this one too, where he talks about how once an agreement comes in, the enemy is very intentional about giving you opportunities to sort of solidify that agreement over and over and over again. Um, 
like when you talked last time, Tammy, I don't think we were recording last time when you talked about it, but about feeling um, invited, but not wanted, but not wanted. Yeah. And can you share some of that? Well, I actually think I shared some of it. Did you? Um, well, about the lie, but, um, <clears throat> and it's funny because what was that like last Monday or Tuesday, I was even aware of this lie that I felt most of my life of this invited, but not wanted. But, um, I had this like meltdown one day. I don't even remember what day. And, and this is what agreements do to you. What could be a, a perfectly normal circumstances. If you have not made it this agreement to someone who has made this agreement of invited, but not wanted, it, it can tear you apart. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, i this lie came in years ago and I, I have multiple memories of um, going to places of, of course I'm not wanted. Like who would want me? You know, like, I mean, I understand the self pity in it, but agreeing with it, like you said, so many, and, and to the fact that I've like reflected a lot in in almost every significant area of my life, um, whether it be friend group or peer group or whatever it be, I have reaffirmed that mm-hmm. agreement. And so I'm almost to the point now where I'm like, I actually don't have a choice anymore. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that's so ugly and has impacted so much of my life that I have to, to sit and look at it. And, and it's something I want to ask is, is what would the difference be between um, self-imposed curse and an agreement? Hmm. You know, I think that, so what, I, what I'm hearing you ask is, is about word curses. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. So, you know, a word curse would be like, you had an example of a word curse tonight. What was it? I don't remember. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, which one? That, oh, oh, for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, um, my kids tend to be very wild at night and it makes sense like medically and emotionally in our household. <laughs> but I was, I was mentioning that my husband who is very lovely, um, spoke the word curse of our kids are, our kids always go crazy at night. Mm. Our kids will never calm down mm. before bed. You mm. know, our kids always lose it. Or even a simple word curse, like, you know, I know this isn't going to go well. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, yeah. you're doing something and you're, you know, you right off the bat, you, you might say out loud, so, I know this isn't going to go well. Well, I think mm-hmm. maybe what I said earlier is more of a word curse than that. But is that the, like, with the, if you but agree with something, do you line. have to say, like, is, is a curse more no. like you're verbally placing this on yourself in agreement? You can maybe even silently agree with it, Absolutely. but not proclaim it. Absolutely. Okay. So like an agreement, okay. he talks about how at that moment where that, that agreement option is offered to you by the enemy. You hear that voice in your head. Okay. Then either internally or with your words, you right. agree. Like there's right. something, sometimes there's just something in you that says yes. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a formal spoken thing. It has to be something where you your take that agree. and your, yeah, your spirit or your soul, you, you agree with it internally and it becomes a yes for you. Right. And the trick about it is, is it becomes such a, a thing for you and such a, um, it becomes such a truth yes. for you yeah. that every event in your life is viewed through the lens of mm-hmm. that truth. So mm-hmm. for you, 
Like, if, if the agreement was, I'm invited and never wanted, then in every area of your life, you walk into the situation with glasses on mm-hmm. that are shaded with, I'm not wanted. Yeah. So, no matter what is happening, you're not capable of actually interpreting it right. without that bias. Yeah, and that's what I'm noticing, like, to the point where, um, like, my relationship with God, my relationship, you know, with my husband. And it's, it's even a self-preservation of like, I'll, I'll go this far, but you know, you have those expectations of, of, you know, of that hurt and that pain. So you're only, you can only get to a certain point to where you're almost like, I'm done. Right. And that's the purpose of the agreement, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What he says is the reason why we make that agreement is because we are avoiding that pain. Right. From happening again, Lord, we're, yeah. we're doing whatever we can do to take a detour away from ever having to feel that again. Right. So, yeah. when you said that, that I hadn't, because I hadn't listened to that one. I'm sorry, Adam. I know you're listening to us, but <laughs> I, I missed that. He's one. our number one fan. Exactly. Um, that is so brilliant that it's the and like you now using the phrase self preservation. Like mm-hmm. that really hits home for me because. Each of these times, and specifically with this one with groups of women, part of the reason why it's so palatable is that <coughs> it seems like truth, it seems like wisdom, and it seems like it's helping you. Well, and what if you've experienced that? Like, that's my frustration with this. This is where I get so angry. I'm not making all of it up. Like, I have actually right. been in specific mm-hmm. circumstances right. where that hurt has genuinely occurred. Sure. So then it just messes with my head of like, Okay, well, I'm not going to just completely ignore the actual pain, but I'm also not going to sit in this place of like, well, screw it. I'm never going to, you know, I'm never going to search for these things in life because it's not worth it. But it's it's hard. Like it's 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 very tricky. Right. And it's kind of a subtle it's almost kind of a subtle idolatry. Really, yeah. because what we're doing is yeah. rather than taking our pain to the Lord, oh, yeah. We're saying point. you didn't handle it for me. I'm going to handle it myself yeah. with this agreement. I'm going to avoid these situations instead of bringing this pain to you. Yes. Yeah, which you said another, and that reminds me of agreements shade themselves as, as, as such lies. Like, mm-hmm. I think you said one of the agreements of I'm going to have to do it myself. Yeah. That comes off as independence. Yeah. Um, you know, and so many of these agreements come even off stuff as that, good things. Yeah. Or even stuff that in our culture now we've started to kind of value. Yeah. Like perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, I'm just a type A or whatever Enneagram number you are that demonstrate demonstrates that <laughs> typical trait. But, you know, we've, we've almost come to to venerate yeah. those qualities in some way. And so we also are getting reinforced from our culture that those are good things right. instead of bad things. Yeah. And, but they're anti-kingdom right? because independence is anti-kingdom. Yes. And control right. is anti-kingdom. Right, and control is anti-kingdom. <laughs> Idolatry. Right. And he says that um, the way that you identify agreements is, number one, paying attention to the words and phrases that come to your mind during conflicts or arguments with a spouse, mm-hmm. a family member, a, a close friend, or like if you've had a difficult day at work. So what are the things that kind of continually come to your mind in those moments of potential um, heartbreak or 
and and one of the re- one of the um, examples that he gives is like you're having an argument with your spouse, and you know the agreement is offered to you by the enemy that why am I even bothering? He's never going to understand yeah. this part of me. I'm never going to be able to to get him to understand me in this area. And right there, when your soul says yes to that agreement, that's the record that's going to play continually for subsequent conflicts. But also, that's the lens through which you're going to view every conflict. And also, you begin to then withhold that part of yourself from that person. Mm -hmm. Because it's no longer in your mind an option oh, yeah. for them to understand you. So oh, yeah. um, I thought that was interesting. Like I I'm not sure, you know, I don't I don't I don't have things that I recognize off right offhand, things that come to me during times of conflict. Um do you, do you guys like offhand you do oh yeah yeah like do you mind sharing well when we um fight which is never but um when we do fight <laughs> um because a lot of the times like with these agreements they're buried right mm-hmm. like they're not just hanging out the surface so we'll get to the point what happens with me and I know Jan's even seen this but it almost comes out physically mm-hmm. To where we'll be fighting and all of a sudden I'll, I'll hear it. And a lot, of, a lot of the times, the ones I hear, especially with Adrian, is he doesn't think you're a good person. Mm. Um, or, um, or you aren't a good person and he just can see that. And so I kind of physically, I hy- start hyperventing. Li- like I can tell when I hit the vein or hit <laughs> <Yeah>. the root. Because <laughs> I just like, and a lot of times I, I say it, like I physically say it. And that's usually when Adrian has to stop and be like, this, this is not like... Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. And where did this come from? <laughs> I, I, think, I think we're hitting something here. Yeah. Um, and so that happens for sure mm-hmm. for me. And I know Jan's seen that. Like at church, even that happened. There was one worship service years ago. Um, I wasn't leading, but uh, David was preaching. And I can't remember. It was, it was about one of the disciples and how... Do you... Is it... Or no. Maybe it was about Judas. I don't know. Basically, what it was was... Um, that this guy portrayed himself really well, but he, he wasn't. Mm. And I kept hearing, that's you, that's you, that's mm. you, that's you, that's you. I had to grab Jan and Adrian and go on the side and like pray. Cause I, I was believing it. Like, mm. it's like, what if that is me? What if that is me? And it was mm. terrifying. But once we broke it and like saw for what it was, it left, which is helpful. Yeah. I, you know, it's kind of interesting this morning with my 10 um, year old, I went in to wake him up. And I literally said something like, hey, buddy, it's time to wake up and get started for school. And then I walked away. He came in later and he's like, mom, did you wake me up this morning? And I said, yeah, buddy. He goes, okay, because I heard you say something. And I said, yeah, I said, it's time to get up. Hey, buddy, it's time to get up. Let's get started for school. And he goes, what I heard was hurry up and get up, you idiot. And Are I was you like, serious? Yes, I'm serious. And I was like, Jude, I would never say that to you. And he's like, I know you like you don't talk to me like that. And I was like, I don't like that you heard that. You know, I don't like that. So we actually had to do some praying and stuff. But it's in, I mean, a ten year old is hearing these voices, and yeah. and if and and hopefully as 
as parents who start to understand these kind of things, we can walk them through healing instead of, you know, when he's 20, having a, a false memory that my mom came in and said, wake up, you idiot, yeah, <laughs> you know, wow. or whatever. And to him, it was very real. Um, so yeah. it's just really interesting how the enemy talks to us um, and we attribute it either to our own internal dialogue or monologue or whatever and or you know someone else's voice yeah um and I don't know if this falls in the same category but I had a crazy and I think this is helpful to hear like this story because you'll understand how easy it is to hear this stuff but I was going through a bout of just anxiety you know I, I have those seasons and I remember I was drinking a glass of wine I was probably actually on like glass and a half of wine on the couch and I was starting to you know feel pretty good feel feel a little bit better and I heard this voice in my head say, see, drinking makes everything better. You should drink a lot more. Oh, my. Um, and, like, I hadn't had enough wine to where I wasn't like, uh, <laughs> that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, alcoholism is something that I, I'm very vigilant of. And so, like, I commanded it to go. But it just, it was like, you know, it's, it's Tuesday afternoon. Hey, you should drink more. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> Do you want steak for dinner? You know, like, it yeah, was just right. this, like... Yeah. Nothing big and fancy. It's just sort of slipped in. It slipped in, yeah. It's like a deck of cards where there's a card in there somewhere. Yeah. Like a card. Yeah, 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 really. It's just sort of in there and you're not quite sure where. Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of any offhand, Jan? I know you're so tired. No, no, no. I'm I'm fine. Um, But no. No. (laughs) I can't think of anything right now. I feel like I I remember some from years ago. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not having... Like those particular ones come to my mind. Um, and how about you, Jen? No, I just that one for me recently was the one with with women getting together in a group. But I will say to close that thought out, um, I didn't think it would be that big of a deal a, a big of a deal to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, whoops, I guess that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, back up a little, okay, Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry that I made this agreement that getting together as women will lead to um, strife or somebody's feelings being hurt and someone will be the prideful one and someone will take leadership of it and someone will whatever. And, you know, I agree that that's not just wisdom, that that's me believing a lie and making an agreement that brings, that invites this stuff into situations and, and colors my lenses. And in having prayed through getting rid of that, I saw a big shift in how I physically felt about coming together where I didn't realize that it was problematic because Mm. I really, like, I just can't emphasize enough. Like, it just seemed like it was being smart. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just like, this is just the truth. It's just the way it is. And it wasn't meant to be mean or to, you know, I had convinced myself or believed that it wasn't... um, it wasn't believing lies about people. It was just seeing things the way they really were. You know, right. Just being Can a realist. Yeah. Who were, because you said like, you know, this person be this and this person, who would you be? I would be disciplining myself to stay out of it. Because my, you know, my, the things that were spoken over me was that you would make an amazing lawyer because you love to argue and, you know, all these things mm. like in my childhood, um, that I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And so when I come into a group situation, I push down any desire to like lead 
or to get mm. get the attention of the group. Like I'm, I discipline myself not to do that because I don't want to be that girl. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I was that kid. Like I was very like, look at me, look at me. Um, yeah. So that's an interesting mm. question that I don't love, but it's yeah, probably there. because there's more <laughs> than I <know. laughs> hmm. Yeah. I, but I'm taught like, yeah. And that's so, yeah. So in the name of Jesus, I break agreement with the lie that I should fight the feeling to lead or to speak if it's not necessarily my designated turn because you made me to be silly sometimes and that's okay. And you've got things to say. I've got things to say. And mm. sometimes they're worth hearing. A lot of times. A lot of times, yeah. But yeah, okay, so now shifting back to the other end, I felt it. Like I, we were getting together with some friends and I was telling Chriselle, like I hadn't in years... Like, I couldn't remember the last time that I was going into a situation like this feeling such hope. Like, just feeling eager and excited and hopeful and, like, light. Like, anything could go well instead of bracing preparing. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, bracing That's yourself. the word that he uses in there is that, is that when, when we have an agreement, we go into situations bracing ourselves for the expectation mm to happen. So what we expect to happen. And, and he talks about how <clears throat> neurologically our brain is actually at, at that moment we make that agreement because of that trauma or that heartbreak or whatever. At that point, our brain actually begins to shift and change in that area and it is primed. He uses the word primed yeah, to yeah. then expect that agreement to happen over and over again because our brain is is was made to protect us from certain things so that that trauma or whatever that agreement your brain kind of wraps itself around it and says hey we're hunkering down we're going to avoid this thing so every every time I go into a room of women then I'm going to brace myself for drama Mm -hmm. or whatever um so i thought that was really interesting because he talks i mean i love that's one thing i like about him is he talks about how you know our brain actually changes and primes itself for those things and so um i also like one of the things that he said which is that agreements orient us in our world so whatever agreements we have Within our world, those are the things that orient us to the world around us. They're that powerful. Mm. Um, And then he talks about um, trying to figure out agreements. And he says, it's the phrases that have become companions. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. Agree with that. (laughs) Because they're so comfortable and they've been there for so long. Or they're widely used. Or they're widely used. By many people. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That they become kind of like a bestie. Yeah. I'll tell you a tricky one lately <laughs> that Dr. Smiley unearthed was, um, I want to be like you when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Because we're essentially saying that Wait, you're... Wait, that's bad because I want to be like him too. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dr. Smiley. But... Okay. Um, you know, like looking at someone and being like, oh, I want to be like that when I grow up. I want to be like this. Because then we're essentially like stunting mm-hmm. our, ourselves and saying that we're not you know, in our full capacity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and the reason like 
I was struggling with this because in one relationship I was seeing myself in this like never making it past you know elementary school age mm. you know I was never seeing myself you know how sometimes you just don't view yourself as like that adult right well there are reasons for that yeah. <laughs> so that was one that I was like I had never thought of before mm-hmm. and then another huge one that I, because I was so guilty of it was I always get sick whenever my kids get sick I always mm-hmm. catch whatever my kids bring home or the one that you talk about for so long when Adrian yeah whenever Adrian leaves town everything goes wrong that was one that like that's what really opened my eyes to agreement because my husband travels and the first couple years of our marriage before I really got into healing um it like shit would hit the fan (laughs) whenever he left like there was no way around it tires would go flat kids would be in the hospital Like, like crazy things and I had heard that you know so much like whenever the dad's gone everything goes wrong so um our friend Susie was talking to me about one night at a prayer meeting. And so I repented and, and, um, you know, I cut ties that rebuked it and I revoked it and I replaced it. And I can't even tell you the last time something's gone wrong when Adrian's left town. Mm-hmm. It has been years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that like, I'm such a believer that these things can be broken, which right. is helpful. Like they can be broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you realize, once they're you realize there. they're there, right? Yeah. yeah. And in our home, we, we like because we've seen this so much. I try really hard not to speak in absolutes. Mm-hmm. Like you'll never, I'll never, you know, mm-hmm. like because I just think that leaves such little room for the Lord and right. a lot of room for agreements. Yeah. And again, it it is it is a sneaky form of idolatry too. Where yeah. We're deciding to place ourselves on the throne. Yeah. Oh, that and hurts when you hear it like that. Though. Instead of putting God on the throne of that situation. Ooh. Um, the second thing he says is what I had mentioned earlier, which was pay attention to the places in your heart that don't change no matter how much prayer, no matter how much counseling, no matter how much, um, no matter what you've thrown at it, 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 it just, you're, you're stuck. You stay stuck. Um, so there's that, that's where I kind of discover some of mine, but it was kind of interesting because one of the things that I figured out while I was doing, all, I, I was actually <coughs> going out to dinner with my husband and I remember sitting in the car with him and, and feeling that the Lord telling me, Hey, share with him what you guys have been talking about. Share with him. And me being like, eh. <laughs> I don't really want to. And he's like, no, share with him. And then it, I realized, like, something's kind of weird that I would rather share those oh, things yeah. with, like, you guys than with my husband. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to bite the bullet and do this because I he needs to know the things that are important that are going on in my heart. And it's not like he's ever done anything to shut that down at all. I mean, he's so supportive. And, um, so I shared with him and, and he was like that, you know, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. And, um, and then I was like, so I, you know, I, I'm realizing that I don't share those things with you and I'm not sure exactly why, except for that you don't share those kind of things with me. Mm. And so it almost feels like it's just not a part of our relationship. And he was like, oh, I share things with you. And I was like, uh, I mean, not really. You know, it doesn't feel that way. And, and 
Well, we get to talking, and he and he just busts out with, well, you know, it's just like back in high school. When I was in high school, I would see these guys that they, they wanted to be part of the popular crowd, but they weren't quite there, and they would say something so stupid, and and they just tanked right there. And I just thought to myself, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute. So what you're saying is the Lord just actually brought up a memory, specific <laughs> memory, where you made an agreement to limit mm. what you would say and share of your heart. And he's like, well, I don't, yeah, I guess. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, so do you understand that you're choosing, like you've allowed that to choose for you how intimate we can be. Like mm. you're, you're limiting our intimacy because of that agreement. Wow. And it was crazy. Like the Lord just boom, boom, boom. And, you know, usually you're like, okay, Lord, where did this first come in? And you're waiting, you're praying. And then the Lord brings the memory and, I mean, we're just standing in front of the Cheesecake Factory. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, well, I just remember this time. And I'm like, you don't even realize you just went through healing prayer. And now we know what's going on. So it's interesting because, it, like, again, those agreements limit our capacity to be intimate with other people. And they're blocking us from the things we want the most. So I thought that was a crazy example because... Was totally unintentional. Mm. I just wanted cheesecake, cheesecake. factory. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted was cheesecake factory. But the Lord wouldn't leave me alone mm. about sharing with him, and and so I'm glad I did. That's really cool. Yeah, and then the next day it was so cute. The next day he, we're sitting in the kitchen doing dishes or something, and he was like, "So I was reading this, you know, I was reading this verse the other day, and I just wonder what you think about it." And I was like, "Oh, okay." We're, we're doing this. All right. So it was just funny because I could tell like there was some freedom there that wasn't there before, even though he's still supposed to go see Ken or Ron about that. <laughs> so, um, get that fully taken care of. But anyway, it was interesting how the Lord walked him through healing prayer and he didn't even necessarily agree, for agree to walking through healing prayer. But, um, what That's he cool. talks about. <clears throat> Excuse me. What he talks about is the fact that we, once we realize the agreements are there, we have to start fighting back. And the way that we fight back is to resist the enemy. And then we use our authority that's been delegated to us. Mm -hmm. And so we're using our will and our words to say something like, and, and it is important to say out loud not just to receive the information and think that the truth is enough in and of itself yeah. to accomplish the purpose that it needs to accomplish. Um, we need to say something like, in the name of Jesus, I break every agreement that I've ever made mm -hmm. with this statement or, or whatever. Um, so, you know, he talks about the importance of using your words to then fight back against those agreements. And um, he talks about the, the place we find ourselves right now is that that time in which Jesus is in the process of destroying all dominion, authority, and power. He hasn't come back yet to 
put all those things under his foot. He's in the process of that. Mm -hmm. And he's collaborating with us to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that is, yeah, that's such an awesome privilege to know that you, that we're collaborating with him to destroy dominions and authorities and powers that are at work against against us and against our loved ones and, um, So, yeah. Agreements. Break them. They're a big deal. Break them. <laughs> Break them. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, until next time. Y'all want to clink? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.